0: In your Bibles this morning, James chapter number 5, James chapter 5, and we're going to read a few verses. We have one verse as our text this morning, verse number 12, but I want you to back up with me just a little bit and we'll begin our reading in verse number 7 to get the context and take our message from verse number 12. The Bible says in verse number 7 of James chapter 5, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath but Let your yea be yea, and your nay be nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. We come to this passage, we come to the concluding verses here in the book of James. And James is a pastor, he's uh, helping his people, helping his church. And uh, in every chapter, James takes time to talk about our words and the way we use our words and our tongues. And evidently, James's church was no different than any other church that's ever existed since this time, since the uh, beginning of the church age. And it was full of people who had a problem with their tongues and their mouths and their words. And I don't know about you, but the matter of using our words and using our words properly and wisely and Righteously and not using our words in a wicked, sinful way is a battle that all of us deal with. And once again, as we come to the fifth chapter of the book of James, there's another emphasis on our words and the words we say, and an emphasis on Christian people speaking the truth, Christian people being honest, Christian people valuing and putting stock in the words that they say. And we come to this passage, and there's an emphasis on being patient because there was affliction in the early church. Now, we sometimes think, boy, it would have been easy to be a Christian back in uh, Jesus' time. It was, uh, wouldn't it be easy to be a Christian back in the old day uh, when in reality, the church was being persecuted in a big way in the time that James was writing this. And it was a lot harder to be a Christian then than it is now. There wasn't freedom to be a church and a Christian then. it was fought against strictly and harshly by the Jewish community and others. And it was a difficult time. And so James is encouraging the church to be patient. Be patient. When you're dealing with troubling times, uh, you have a tendency to be upset with people. In verse number 9, the Bible says, grudge not one against another. And when you're dealing with difficult things, you are tempted to use your words in ways that aren't right. How many of you have been in a trying moment and said something you wish you hadn't? How many of you have kind of been pushed up into a corner, sometimes people call it between a rock and a hard place, and you've said something that wasn't true as a means to get out of the situation that you found yourself in? And so understanding that difficult situations and trying times produce these moments where we're tempted to lower our integrity and speak things that aren't true. Or turn things and twist things in such a way to make inferences that's not right. James says, listen, church. Verse 12. He says, above all things, my brethren, swear not. Neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath. But let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay lest ye fall into condemnation. Today's message is titled this, Swear Not. Swear Not. Uh, the word swear is an interesting word, and it's a word that's often misused. How, how many of you remember, it was a, it's not something that we say as much anymore, but I remember as a, as, a, uh, as a child hearing people say, you shouldn't use swear words. How many of you ever heard somebody say swear words? How many of you ever use swear words? Don't raise your hand, just kidding. Swear words. <laughs> and uh, we uh, we call them cuss words or cursing or uh, bad words and dirty words, but swear words. Now, listen, that's not the right way to use the word swear. It's not the right way to use the word swear. If you want to see what swear really is and understand what this word swear is, when the Bible says swear not, it's this habit that we get into Because we're not telling the complete truth, we say something like, Your hair looks beautiful, I swear. Those clothes fit perfect, I promise. That hairstyle is just perfect for the shape of your face. I wouldn't tell you a lie for nothing. I promise. You look skinny today, I swear to you. I ain't kidding. Now, so you got this idea that you speak something, but then you feel like you've got to back your whatever you said up with some type of an oath. Now, some of these things are habitual. And I don't know about you, but as I've studied this passage of Scripture, I'm reminded of times in my Christian life where I have a habit of trying to say something and then affirming it again. And I really don't want to be that kind of person. Do you know the kind of person I want to be? I want to be the kind of person when I say that, it, it's what it means. We've gotten to a situation in our culture that lying and dishonesty is so readily available and accepted that we have to say something, we feel like we have to say something that's true, and then we've got to affirm that truth because lying has become such an accepted practice. Now, Christian people are not to live that way. Christian people are not to live that way. We are not to be the kind of people who become habitual in telling lies or excuse telling lies or half-truths. Swear not. Swear not. One of the number one ways you can tell that someone is lying is When they over and over and over and over and over again swear to you that what they said was true. If someone keeps swearing to me that what they said was true, I'm going to guarantee you just about that they didn't speak the truth the first time. So the Bible gives us a really plain story and plain picture here. Swear not. like your nay, your yay be yay. Yeses are yeses and noes are noes. And then it concludes with, lest ye fall into condemnation. And we'll break this into three parts this morning. An unusual message. But this is where we are. And I love to preach the Bible. Number one is this. Number one point is swear not. Let's talk about swearing for a minute. And let's just see what we find in the Bible about this swearing. Swearing. uh, This oath taking. I'll back up and tell you one thing. Look at the text with me. Verse 12. But above all things, my brethren, swear not. Neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath. Now, some people take this verse of scripture and they use it as a scriptural, spiritual reason not to take an oath if they go to court. And I really can't find that and can't make that argument biblically. Because the context and the emphasis of every time we see this swearing in this this instance, the swearing is done in a way that would not confirm that. So if you're called to do jury duty and you have to swear that you're giving an honest testimony, I don't think you're doing the wrong thing. If you're elected to public office and you swear and you promise to uphold the Constitution, I don't think you're doing the wrong thing. But if you use affirmations to try to cover up dishonesty and not speaking the truth, that is the passage of Scripture that we're dealing with this morning. Let's talk about swearing just a minute. Will you back up with Keep your finger in James chapter number 5, but I want to look at a couple verses in the New Testament, beginning in Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. When we come to Matthew chapter 5, we're at the Sermon on the Mount, and the Lord is using and working through the Sermon on the Mount to give us an idea of his philosophy for life and living, and it's the philosophy that we should have. We'll find in verse uh, number 33 of Matthew chapter 5, the Bible says this, Again, you have heard that it hath been said by them of old time that thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt... Perform unto the Lord thine oaths. Now, so we see here that Jesus is saying, Look, uh, we're performing our oaths, and you shouldn't forswear yourself. You you don't have to you don't have to swear, I'm gonna do it. You just have to say, Hey, look, I'm gonna do this. And so the scripture continues, verse 34. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is. God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Now, Jesus is saying, listen, guys, we're going to have to have just simple, honest, true conversations. Have you ever met a salesman type and they try to swindle you with their words that you can tell that by what they're saying they're being non-committal. I remember one time I was infatuated with a Honda CRV and they had this button on the dash. It was the econ button and maybe you have one. And I'll, I'll tell you, I got snookered. By that econ, I thought, man, if I can have that car with that econ button, I'm going to save millions of dollars in fuel, co- fuel costs over the course of the next six months. I mean, I was sold. And I remember I was talking to the salesman, and he could tell that I, was really, I really liked that econ button and i asked him i said i said do you have you noticed that this makes a difference in other cars and that it makes a difference in the fuel economy are you getting reports from people and he said in the honda accord uh the honda accord i've had some folks tell me that it's it's really really good and i said well what about the crv and He said i'm sure it's good i'm sure it's good <laughs> and i should I heard what he said, but I wanted it anyway, so I bought it. And I shouldn't have, but I I did. And he he said, I'm sure it's good. Oh, you're gonna love it. I promise you're gonna really like this car. And I thought, my lands, I just got took. And it's these words. You've been uh you've been smoozed by a smooth talker. And I don't wanna be guilty of being the smooth talker. I like people who just say what's right. That doesn't give us license to be unkind and mean. And we should use tact and speak truth and love. But listen. Swear not. Jesus said, look, just say yes, yes, no, no. Don't swear. Don't swear. So we see swearing. Other places in the New Testament where they're swearing. In the same book, Matthew chapter 23. You turn over a few pages with me. Matthew chapter 23. Verse number 16. Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 16, the Bible says, Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold of the temple that sanctifieth the gold, or whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift of the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it, and by all things thereon. Whoso shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. And he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees about swearing. It, the scribes and Pharisees had developed this practice where the, the, you could swear by certain things, you couldn't swear by other things. And I'll just tell you, I've preached a message on that text, and you can listen to it sometime and give some details on all the emphasis and the, the meaning of the text I just read. But the bottom line is, Jesus was talking to the hypocrites, the Pharisees, and the scribes because they were swearing on this and swearing on that, and they were using this this. Bad habit, of I promise you, I swear. Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. Says I promise. They were using this oath-taking, this swearing, as a means to justify their sins. The Bible teaches us: swear not. Don't be that kind of person. Be upright, forthright, honest. In Matthew 26, turn over just a couple more pages. I think it's important we see it. Matthew chapter 26. Do you remember Peter has had a rough night? He told Jesus in the upper room that he'd never betray him. Yet, he finds himself seated by a fire and he's going to be challenged. And he's going to deny the Lord. In chapter number 26, of the book of Matthew, and verse number 74. Verse number 74, the Bible says, and again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. What did Peter do? When he was challenged, you know Jesus? When he denied the Lord, he swore. He says, I swear to you, I don't know. He took an oath and denied the Lord. In Mark chapter number 6, you don't need to turn there, but I'll tell you the story. Do you remember when Herod, it was Herod's birthday and early in Mark chapter number 6, John the Baptist is one of the key figures in that section of the book of Mark. and It's Herod's birthday. And Herodias' daughter comes and dances before Herod and his buddies who have been drinking. And when she gets finished, he's so pleased with the dance. He says something terrible. He says, I swear to you, Herodias, anything you want up to half of my kingdom, you can have it. Because you've pleased me so well today. Hmm. Do you know what that swear cost? Herodias went and talked to her mother. Her mother said, here's what you ask for. You tell him, you want John the Baptist's head on a charger, on a plate. She came back to Herod, and Herod granted her wishes, and the noble head of John the Baptist was severed from his body. Why? Because of Herod's foolish swearing. Now, the Bible says, swear not. Swear not. I know in a group this size that. There are many people among us who are both tempted to be dishonest, tempted to swear, tempted with their words to try to cover up their bad deeds. And God says to us all, swear not. If you've allowed dishonesty to become a prominent part of your life, stop it. Stop it. Do you know why we lie? Because we're afraid that God can't help us through the truth. You know, we lie because we have no faith. Oh, it's so much better to speak the truth. It's so much better to be honest. And God's word just says real plain in our text, James 5, verse number 12. Above all things, my brethren, swear not. Neither by heaven, neither by earth, I swear To heaven, I swear on earth, as much as I'm standing here, neither by any other oath. But let your yea be yea and your nay, nay. Number two, let your yea be yea and your nay, nay. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. There's an emphasis in this passage of Scripture on being people of integrity. I know some people may get tired of hearing something like this. I remember back in the day when a handshake and a man's word was his bond. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's important to know that when you say something, it's true. We should yearn to keep and be people of integrity. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. One, we're not going to try to use words to weasel around Accountability. We're going to be yes people and no people. We're not going to be squirrely. I'm sure that's a theological term. But we're going to be people of integrity. Do you think that the people you deal with trust what you have to say? Do you think your children believe you? I've met people through the years who, as a practice, use lies and even in front of the preacher. <laughs> They become so accustomed to being dishonest as part of their life and their livelihood that they just accept and excuse their lack of integrity. But may God help us not to be people who are full of dishonesty. You know, we should be so determined that our yeses are yes and our noes are noes that it keeps us and motivates us to do what's Right. I don't know about you, but many times in my life, not that I'm very good, but many times in my life, the thought that if I do this, I may have to lie to get out of it, has kept me from doing this in the first place. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? I'm just determined, with God's help, I'm not going to be a liar. With God's help, if it hurts me, I'm going to tell the truth. With God's help, if it's has to be lied about in order to have it, I don't want it. I don't need it. And this determination not to lie is something that keeps you from doing the wrong thing. How many of you have can understand that? I'm thankful for that. This yearning, I'm going. To, I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to lie. My yes is yes. My no is no. It's going to protect you from sin. Let your yay be yea and your nay be nay. It's just real plain. I'm not going to try to weasel my way with words out of situations. I'm going to be honest, a person of integrity. Let me read to you two Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 9. The Bible says, A false witness shall not be unpunished. And he that speaketh lies shall perish. What's it say? A false witness shall not be unpunished. And he that speaketh lies shall perish. And how about this one? Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Lying lips are an abomination. you know other things that are abominations to the Lord? Sodomy is an abomination to the Lord. And God says on an equal plane, lying lips are an abomination. There's no room for dishonesty in the life of God's people. The Bible says, swear not. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. And finally, Number one, swear not. Number two, let your yea be yea. Let your nay be nay. And number three, the Bible says it like this lest ye fall into condemnation. Lest ye fall into condemnation. Now, the Bible makes it very plain. The last proverb we said, a lying lips are an abomination. A false witness shall not be unpunished. In Revelation 21 8, the Bible says that liars will have their part in hell. I remember uh, Mr. Eggers, Jerry Eggers in high school, when he thought someone was lying in his classroom, there was a big Bible over against the windows in the second floor. And as a teenager, Jerry Eggers' finger was about that long. How many of you had him in class? you, You can testify that. He would point from his desk over to the Bible that was in front of the big windows there in his class, and his finger was that long. And he would say, Liars shall be friars. Read it. Revelation 21.8. That's where I learned this Bible verse. The Jerry Eggers version. Liars will be friars. And I remember one day I walked over there to that Bible and read it because I was, kind of, I was so fascinated by what he had to say. The Bible says something really plain in verse number 12. Let your yea be yea, your nay be nay, lest ye fall. Into condemnation. But what happens? The penalty for lying lips is condemnation. Condemned. You see, lying is one of the things that God has so warned us about. You can find it in Exodus chapter 20. The Bible says, Thou shalt not bear false witness. God has made it very plain. That lying will condemn you to hell. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Now, I want you to know something. If you're here and you are a liar, the Lord will forgive you of your sins. You know what we need to do? When God convicts us of our sin, we should just simply repent. We should ask the Lord to forgive us. We shouldn't excuse our sin. We shouldn't keep living in our sin. We should just ask God to forgive us. Ask God to help us to turn from it. Because our sin condemns us. There's two things I want you to think about in this notion of lest ye fall into condemnation. One is liars will be punished. But two, I want you to think about this with me for just a minute. You're here today and you say, one thing I'm not, I am not a liar. One thing I'm not, I am not a liar. I've often said to of myself, I may hurt your feelings, but I won't lie to you. I'm not a liar. And what we need to know is that our good deeds of not lying is not going to save us from the condemnation of our sins either. Look, we're all sinners. You know how many times you have to lie to be a liar in this lifetime? Once. How many of you have ever told a lie? You don't have to raise your hand. You're a liar. The Bible teaches us that If we don't keep God's law perfectly, we're sinners and we're condemned. And lying condemns us. It does. And we should be sobered when we understand that I have become a person that uses swearing as a practice in my life. And you need to repent of it. But this sin should remind us that what we really need is Jesus. What we really need is Jesus. You see, your sin condemns you. Lest you fall into condemnation is what our text says. Your sin condemns you. But Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And you must personally pray and receive Jesus by faith as your Savior. If you're going to be saved from the condemnation of swearing or the condemnation of adultery or the condemnation stealing, or the condemnation of idolatry, the condemnation of any sin. You're going to have to put your trust in Jesus. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. He rose again three days later. He defeated death, hell, and the grave so that you and I can have everlasting life. What do we need? We really do need to stop swearing. But if you think somehow because you've cleaned that area of your life up, that's what you need, you're wrong. That's not what you need exclusively. You need Jesus in your heart. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and you need to pray and receive him by faith as your Savior. The Bible says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. And if you're here today and you've never been saved, You need to ask the Lord to forgive you, to save you. You say, I'm having a hard time swearing. You may have a hard time swearing because you've never been saved. You may need Jesus in your heart. You need to repent of your sin and trust in the Lord. It's so simple, but so important. God's people need to be people of honesty and integrity. And James told the church just like this. He said, listen, guys. Above all things, swear not. Swear not.